good morning Digital Cathedral family from around the country and actually around the world. Welcome this morning. Hope you're having a good Sunday morning, good start to a brand new week. Uh, I was thinking this morning how great it is to have a first day of the week when we've got a clean slate. We've got a clean board and we can write on this week whatever we want to write on it. You're a creator and we're going to talk a lot about that in the months that are ahead. But hope, hope this week has kicked off well for you and you've come this morning with a lot of expectation on what the Spirit of God is going to reveal to us. We're going to be doing a slight shift this morning. This is the first Sunday of May. And then again in July, we're going to make another shift. And with each shift, we're going to be taking it down a notch. We're going to be coming to a little bit deeper level. I just came through doing 16 sessions on what I just called Unlimited. And what I wanted to do in those 16 sessions, in those 16 teachings, I was trying to lay a foundation so that by this morning, you would at least recognize that there is an unlimited realm that you can tap into. There's an unlimited realm that is available to you. Now, perhaps you're a little bit fuzzy yet on how to do that, and that's why we're going to be making a couple of shifts. I'm going to ramp it up this morning. I'm going to take it up a notch and we're going to begin to look at your, listen to me, we're going to begin to look at your I am, your I amness. And then in July, we're going to shift it again and we're going to go deeper and talk about your ability as an I am to create. You're a chip off the old block. One thing about the father, he was a creator and he always tells the truth and he created through the things that he thought. So we're gonna get into some of these things that I think are going to be really fascinating and interesting, and perhaps for most of us, plow up some new ground. Now remember, the bullseye of the digital cathedral is that we be able to present ourselves to our world as a manifested son of God. My goal in being here on Sunday morning is to always work toward bringing you to the fullness of the manifestation of the sons of God or to the measure of the fullness of the stature of Christ. If I can attain that, I'll tell you what, I feel like I've been successful. And I, many of us, most of us, are a lot further down the trail than we were a year ago, two years, five years ago. And I'm telling you, the growth that you're experiencing in your life now is going to be exponential. You're going to grow much faster than you were in days before because you got a great foundation to build on. So we're going to hit some of these things. Uh, you can begin to understand some I amness. For example, I can I can say with clarity and assurance because of who I am, and you can say it with clarity and assurance because of who you are, we can say that we are a reconciler. I am a reconciler. He has given to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, I can say I am a reconciler. I can say I am, a, I am an awakener of men from spiritual sleep to spiritual uh, being awake. You're, you're a manifestation of what you believe. So it's really important that we, we begin to get a handle on some of the, the I amness that we possess. You don't hear a lot of teaching on this. You don't hear many people talking about it. But uh, between now and fall in September, uh, I think you're gonna. I think you're gonna be walking on a whole different level, a whole different plane than you are now. I've seen so many things, and I'm beginning to practice them and manifest them. That I want to. I want to pour out of what I have to you. So I want to begin this morning over in Ephesians chapter five and verse one. I got so much ground to cover this morning. Uh, I, I'm going to hit about 23 scriptures. 
So we're gonna go in rapid fire succession, and all I'm gonna do this morning is plant, 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 maybe pour a little water on it, but I wanna plant a lot of seeds about this area of I am. So let's begin over in Ephesians chapter five, verse one. I'm gonna work pretty much exclusively with uh, the King James Version because I wanna hit it and run this morning. So stick with me, if you have a Bible, uh, follow if you want to uh, jot the scriptures down, that's good. So let's, let's look at some things here this morning. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1, he says, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children. Be imitators of God as dear children. Now notice Paul didn't say imitate Moses. He didn't say imitate Jeremiah, Isaiah. He didn't say imitate uh, Luke or John. He said be an imitator of God. <clears throat> now that word imitates an interesting word in the Greek. It actually is is the Greek word mimletes, mimletes. Um, and here's what it means. It means it. Well, it's where we get the word mimic from. It, it's kind of obvious in 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 the the word itself. And it means to imitate or mimic. And in this case, in Ephesians chapter uh, five and verse one, he says, "Be imitators of God as dear children." or be a mimetes of God as dear children. And the word children there that he uses is the word technon, which is not a full-grown adult. It's not a mature adult. It would be probably somewhere in the range of a teenager, between 13, 15, 16, 17, right there, uh, which are great imitators. Uh, we, most of us guys that are watching this morning, we grew up imitating. If you played any sport, and I don't know about girls, probably as very very true for a lot of girls too, but if you played any sport as a boy, you always wanted to be like your favorite sports hero. You would mimic them. I remember uh, on, the, on the driveway in the backyard <clears throat> shooting baskets and I would be my favorite hero. I, I, probably a lot of you guys that are watching this morning, you shot baskets and who didn't pretend to be Magic Johnson? Or Michael Jordan. Now, back in my day, it wasn't Michael John. It wasn't Michael Jordan or Magic Johnson. It was Bob Cousy and uh, Oscar Robinson. But I can remember many times imitating them on the driveway, and it always would be a scenario like this: the game is tied. Let me give you the breakdown. The game is tied, and I'm come. I'm dribbling down the driveway. There's ten seconds. Nine, eight, seven. I'm dribbling. I'm getting closer. Six, five, four. I'm. I'm ready to go. Three. Two, and when I would hit one, I would let the ball fly toward the basket. And if it went, there's nothing like the sound of a basketball coming through a net without touching the rim. Swish! And there's that sound of the net as it, as it you know, covers over the basketball. And you won the game. You won the game. And the, the crowd goes crazy. And the, all of your teammates rush out and they, they mob you, right? So... That we did that. I remember shoveling the driveway. I, I grew up in Michigan. I remember shoveling the driveway with snow. Three or four of us guys would shovel the whole driveway so that we could go out and play basketball uh, in freezing temperatures. And I remember sometimes it'd be so cold the basketball wouldn't give a true bounce. It was kind of dead, but that didn't stop us. We played basketball in the winter. In the fall, we went to the lot. We played uh, tackle football, no equipment, never had any equipment. We'd head out there on a Saturday morning as soon as uh, we had breakfast and got our chores done for the morning. We had chores in those days. And uh, we would play tackle football, no equipment. We'd start at 10 o'clock. We'd go till dinner time at night. And uh, you know, you'd limp back to the house sore and tired 
and sometimes you've got a bruise on your arm or there's blood dried on your lip from where you caught an arm in the nose and you had a nosebleed, but we, did, we didn't think anything about that. And then of course in the summertime we played baseball down at the corner lot all day long. And then at night we played in a league. Usually the games would start at six, so we'd go to a league. And we always were mimicking. That was the, the main thing. We always wanted to be like our superstar. Uh, Mickey Mantle, Willie Mays, those were the guys in my day. Stan Musial. Now, I, I know as time has progressed, those, those names are buried in history. But every boy, every girl mimics, and you understand what it means to imitate your hero. Uh, but Paul said that we're to mimic or imitate God. We're to mimic God. We're, we're, we're to imitate him in all that we do. But who is this God? He's invisible. Uh, what is he like? What's his name? And so we're going to look at that this morning at what God calls himself. Now, we all remember the story of Moses, and this is where God really puts a name on himself. John said God is love, but here's where God puts a name on himself, and I think it's, it's highly revelatory and it's very interesting. We all know the story of Moses. Moses was put in the bulrush by his mother to protect him from being killed as all the infants were. Pharaoh's daughter rescues him. He's raised in Pharaoh's court. Uh, he's really the second in command in the country. Uh, as he, when he's a grown man, he notices and it comes to him that actually he's an Egyptian and he sees his fellow Egyptians being abused and he goes out and he, and he kills one of the taskmasters. So he has to flee the country. You know, you know the story. And he, he finds himself tending his father-in-law's sheep on the backside of the desert. And so we pick it up uh, in Exodus chapter 3. And I, I want us to pay real close attention to this. So it's um, Genesis, Exodus, second book of the Bible, way back to the, to the right. And we pick it up in Exodus chapter 3. And I want to read verse 10 to 15. Remember, God, God starts speaking to Moses out of the bush, out of a burning bush. And he tells Moses what he wants him to do. And it says in verse 10, God says, come now therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Verse 11, Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So God said, I will certainly be with you and there shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you brought the people out of, I out of Egypt, you shall serve the God on this mountain. So God comes to, to, uh, to, to Moses and says, look, here's your commission. And so whenever God tells you that you can do something, you have every right to say, I am whatever he's telling me. So Moses could have begun to confess, I am the deliverer of the children of Israel. I am sent by God. I am able to do what God says that I can do. But instead, Moses says, I am not. <laughs> I am not able to do this. And whatever you say after your I am, it reveals to you where you're at on your journey. I am, or I am not. And in this case, Moses says, I'm not. So let's pick it up over in chapter four and verse 10. Chapter four and verse 10. Then Moses said to the Lord, oh my Lord, I am not eloquent. Now look, God sent him and he said, I will give you a sign. I'll be with you. But Moses said, I am not eloquent. I can't do this. I'm not, I am not eloquent. Be an imitator, Moses. Be an imitator of God, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am, now here's what his I am was, I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. So the Lord said to him, verse 11, 
Who has made man's mouth, or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I'll be with you, your mouth, and teach you what you shall say. So Moses had every right to go and say, I am, but Moses said, I am not. He was not being an imitator of God. If God says you am, then you are, and you're free to say I am. We find the same thing uh, in Jeremiah chapter 1, where God is, is doing a work uh, in Jeremiah's life. And he takes Jeremiah back to the very beginning before he was, he was even born. And in Jeremiah chapter 1 in verse 4, we see this. The word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah says, and said, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. There's all kinds of things that that Jeremiah could say, I am. He could say, "I, I am sanctified. I am ordained to be a prophet to the nations. But in, in, instead, uh, he goes through an entire scenario telling God why I am not. I am not able to do this. I am just a youth. I am, I am this and I am that. So the invisible God names himself, and this is, this is so very important, names himself, I am. Then he spends the history of Israel revealing all that encompasses I am. I am means it's whatever needs to be done. I am whatever, whatever the case calls for. I am able to do it. The creator of the universe shows himself in man's word, world as I am. And so we find that God gets down in the nitty gritty in the history of Israel and whatever was needed at any given time, God became the I am of whatever it was they needed. I am able to do that. So we're gonna look quickly at what I am meant to man in the weeks ahead, all right? But what he is, as I am, we're going to discover that you are, you am, you am to the world that we live in. So God reveals himself as the I am. So I, want to, I just want to quickly re- show you seven places where God says I am. Seven places God says I am. Remember, that when he says I am, that means that he's more than enough, that he's able to do whatever needs to be done by the people that he proclaims the I am to. Now we're gonna. I don't have time to teach on all these because I, I got. I want to go through seven IMs of God, seven IMs of Christ, and seven IMs for you this morning. Just laying foundation. So stay with me. It's important that you get these things down deep into your spirit because of where we're going. And I'll tell you way in advance between where we're going now and September, it's going to be quite. It's going to be quite a journey. I, I'm just teaching this morning, and and showing you what this IM is all about. Exodus chapter 15. Exodus chapter 15. We were just in Exodus, so I'm not going to give you background. I'm not going to give you context. I'm just going to read the punchline. Exodus chapter 15 in verse 26. And he said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. I am the Lord who heals you. He shows himself as Jehovah Rapha. That's what that means. I am the Lord. I am your healer. He's always the healer. Understand that? He's never the destroyer. When you see 
what would appear to be destruction from his hand in the old covenant. It is an interpretation that man has put on that. They didn't know who to attribute it to. Oftentimes it came, it came from their culture and their own religious background, and they put on God things that were not necessarily so. He is Jehovah Rapha. He said, I am. I am the healer. I am not the destroyer. I'm not the dammer. Uh, they saw so much death that they needed to focus on the I am to you as the healer. All right, number two, Exodus chapter 17. Let's just keep working a little bit to the right as we go here. Exodus chapter 17, and uh, let me pick it up in verse 8. Verse 8. Now, Amalek came in and fought with Israel in uh, Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, choose us some strong men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. And you, you probably are familiar uh, with the story. They goes out and they go into battle. And as long as they lifted Moses's hands, they prevailed. But when Moses's hands fell, then they began to be defeated. They finally defeated the uh, the Amalekites, and it says in verse 15, and Moses built an altar and called the place, the Lord is my banner. And the word that is there is the word Nisi. So Jehovah, he was Jehovah Nisi. He was the banner that was victory that was over them. I am the banner victory over you. He knows no defeat. He's always the victor. He's always on the right side of history. Uh, um, you know, he's a banner over us that always will say victor. He absolutely knows no defeat. And he was entrenching this, all these seven IMs, the Father was building into the lives of the people of Israel, trying to get them to become focused on his I amness, on his I amness. All right, let's keep moving to the right. Exodus chapter 48. Exodus chapter 48. I realize this is probably a lot for one morning, and I looked at it, and I was going to break it up, but I said, you know what? There's so much I want to get out over the next months that I just can't do it, and they're just going to have to come back and 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 uh, listen to it again. In in Exodus, he goes on, and let me just tell you what he says. He says, I am, I am Jehovah Shammah, Jehovah Shammah, which means the Lord is always present. He's always present. Uh, there's no question about that. that's in Ezekiel, not Exodus. Ezekiel 48, 35. I probably should read it. Forgive me, I'm, I'm just that way. I just like to nail it down. Exodus uh, chapter, I'm sorry, I keep saying Exodus when I mean Ezekiel. There's not 48 chapters in Exodus is the problem. So it's the last verse of the book of Ezekiel, 48 verse 35, and it says, all the way around shall be 18,000 cubits, and the name of the city from that day shall be the Lord is there. The Lord is there is the word, <clears throat> it's Jehovah Shammah. It means the Lord is always present. He's omnipresent. There's no place that you can go that God is not. And that's such an important thing to understand in our life. All right, then, then if we keep moving on to Jeremiah chapter 23, verse uh, 5 and 6, we see him revealed as Jehovah Sidkenu, which means the Lord of righteousness. He raises the branch or he raises the growth of righteousness and he tells us that I am your righteousness. 
He was the righteousness for the children of Israel. And he tried to get that through to them so many times that I am Jehovah Sidkenu. I am, I am your righteousness. And then he moves on and we move on in Judges chapter 6 and verse 24. And he reveals himself. And I'm sorry I'm not reading all these, but I see my time is clicking away. And I want to get all the way through all of this this morning. I'm just, I'm trying to impress on you about I am, I am, I am, I am. It starts with God the Father. And in Judges chapter 6, verse 24, he shows himself as Je Jehovah Shalom, or I am the God of peace. He's, there's always peace in him. There's no peace outside of him. He reveals himself and he says, you stay within me, you stay connected to me, you live in peace. This is all old covenant to the nation of Israel, establishing I am. And then you know, well, in, in uh, Psalm chapter 23, verse one, he says, I am. I am the good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I am the shepherd. Leads me beside still waters. He leads me through the valley of the shadow of death. He says, Jehovah Rohi, I am the good shepherd. I will always lead you, always guide you, always take care of you. The good shepherd always moves his, his sheep toward the green pastures beside the still waters, walks through them with all the calamities with them. He's not distant from them. And that's why he showed himself as a shepherd. He wanted them to know that he was encased with them. Now, here's the problem. He just got done showing them, I'm, I'm with you. I provide for you. Uh, I protect you. I, I'm always with you. I have, I have revealed myself to you. Let me just hit him again as Jehovah Rapha, the healer. I am Jehovah Nisi, the banner that is over you. I'm Jehovah Shama. I am always present. I am Jehovah Sidkenu. I am your righteousness. I am Jehovah Shalom. I am Jehovah Jireh. I am your provider. All the provision you'll ever need, I have brought you. I've shown you manna in the wilderness. I am Jehovah Rohi. I am the shepherd. So he was always their provider, their protector, their uh, accompanier wherever they went. Now here was the problem. Here was the problem. God was invisible. God was invisible. So the father says, God says, I need to, I need to ramp it up a little bit. I need to become visible. I need, I need to come from a higher frequency. I need to become visible. I, I'm spirit. I need to slow down to visibility. So in John chapter one, we find that he does that. In John chapter one, in John chapter one, now we're gonna we're gonna begin to look at Jesus and his seven I am's. I don't have time to connect them, but when I take the seven I am's of Jesus, we can connect them very well to the seven I am's of the Father. But this time he's coming in visibility to show them exactly what it looks like. In John chapter one, let me read just the first five verses. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God and all things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made in him is life and the life was the light of men. Verse five, and the light shines in darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. One, one quick more verse, verse 14. And the word became flesh and the word became flesh and dwelled among us and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. So what does God do? He comes from Jehovah in the Old Covenant, and he comes now, and he begins to make himself visible. He comes in the flesh to show us what the I Am looks like and how the I Am can walk it out in front of man. Now, he, this becomes a pattern for us. 
In Isaiah chapter 51, verse 1, it says that Jesus is the rock from which we were all hewn out of. I first heard Francois de Toy teach on it, did a tremendous job on it. You can go over to YouTube and probably find it. We, he is the rock from which we are all hewn. So he comes, and, in, and in, you know, I've taught on this a lot, in one human, he encompasses 100% divinity, 100% humanity. So Jesus comes and gives us seven I am's himself. He put flesh on the application of the old covenant, I am. And he did this to reveal the Father's I amness to them, to say this is what it looks like when it takes on flesh. The Father says I am, Jesus says I am, and we're gonna end up this morning talking about seven things that you can say I am also too that are gonna reflect the Father and the Son. So let's, let's just look real quick. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna walk through the book of John, all right, just one book. John had a great revelation on this. Let me start with John 6, and we'll keep working to the right. And I do want to read these. I know you know these, you've heard these, but I think they are well worth repeating. So we get over here to John chapter 6, and let's look at what Jesus had to say about himself. Now, this is his confession. He didn't feel bad about making it. This is his absolute confession. John chapter 6 and verse 35. And Jesus said to them, I am, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. I am the bread of life, Jesus says. Jesus said, your, your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness and they died, but if you eat of me, you eat of spirit. Uh, I am your Jehovah Jireh, I am your provider. I will provide for you life and life more abundantly. I will give you life that is eternal and you will never die. It's about oneness. It's about oneness. I am the bread of life. Consume me. What Jesus is saying here is that I am the source. I am the bread. Um, on, a, on, a, on a natural basis, you become what you eat. So as you eat of him, as you eat of the bread of life, he's speaking symbolically here, as we become one with him, as we understand our union, then we partake of him, right? I am the bread of life. Then he says in John chapter eight, just a couple pages over, he says in John chapter 8, now don't, don't lose me this morning. Stay with me. Stay with me because I'll tell you what, we're going to be going some good places here as time moves along. John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus spoke to them again and said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So as the light of the world, there's no darkness that exists in him. No darkness can ever exist in life. He is recognized as the light. And so as we open our eyes to him, he flips the switch on us internally and we begin to see with his light. The light comes into darkness and as the light comes into darkness, the darkness has to flee. I think that's the best way to deconstruct. The best way to deconstruct is to shine the light in the darkness and when you see something that is the light, then the darkness will automatically go. Don't try to fight the darkness. Don't get upset and angry about all that you've come through, but drank the Kool-Aid and believed some things that were wrong. Let them go. Reach to the thing that is ahead of you. The light, when it shines, will take care of the darkness. It just depends on how much light you want to have. Okay? Number three, John chapter 10 and verse 9. John chapter 10 and verse 9. He said, I am the door. 
If anyone enters by me, he shall be saved or be sozo, be complete, whole, delivered. And he will go in and out and will find pasture. They'll have life and that they'll have it more abundantly. So he says in John chapter 10 and verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and will find pasture. Right? So he is the door. I honestly believe that. Jesus is the entrance into all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Paul said that in him, in Jesus are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He's in us. So by him saying he's the door, that means there's no other entrance in. You know, I'm a Jesus guy. I don't believe Buddha's the door. I don't believe Confucius is the door. I don't believe anything is the door except Jesus. I think all are gonna come through that door at some point in time. And if you try to sneak in some way other than the door, you're a thief and a robber. You're not coming in the right way, all right? Chapter 10, verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. So Jesus again makes a confession. I am the good shepherd uh, who voluntarily, he's the consummate shepherd. He gives his life for all of the sheep and he does not, because he's a good shepherd, he does not ever stop seeking for the sheep until every last sheep is in the fold. John chapter 11 and verse 25, Jesus says this, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he die, he shall live. And whosoever lives and believes in me will never die. So Jesus said, I am the resurrection. I am the life. We resurrected with him because he said, I am the life. Then we can say, I am the life. I have his life. We resurrected together. Uh, you're, a, you're a creation that will never die. Think about that. You will never die because he is the resurrection and the life. You will never die. That's good news. John chapter 14 and verse 6. Let's look at number 6. John chapter 14 and verse 6. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes to the Father except by the Son. See, there's no other way. There, he, he, he didn't say, I'm one of many ways. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am. Those were all confessions that Jesus made of I amness. And man, those tie up so much to how God revealed himself in the old covenant. All right, let's look one more. Number seven, John chapter 15, verse five. Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So he says, I am the vine. He is the source. He's the Jehovah Jireh. He's the source that if we stay connected to him, he brings the needed nutrients. He brings the needed uh, supplements that we can bear much fruit. Now, I don't have time, like I said, but I can connect the seven I am's of Jesus to the seven I am's of the Father. They're totally linked together to bring a full revelation and a full disclosure of the Father. Now, Paul said, remember Paul said, you be imitators of God as dear children. So we looked at seven I am's from the Father, seven I am's from Jesus, who is the prototype son. And now we're gonna look at seven I am's that we can say I am to. We should not ever say I am not. There's many, many that are stuck in I am not. I am not worthy. I am not good enough. I am not knowledgeable enough. I am not educated enough. And we saw from scripture that when God came to Moses, came to Jeremiah and said, look, this is what you are. That when he, when, when he says, this is what you are, then you have every right to say, I am, I am. 
So the next 10 minutes or so, <clears throat> I want to look quickly at some of the I am's that we can begin to say about ourselves. Now, have you seen the pattern? The Father comes out and says, I am. Seven things. Jesus comes out and says, I am. Seven things. So let's look at what he says, what the what scripture says about us that we can begin to say, I am. And to these we should never say, I am not. I am not. All right, let's back up to John chapter 1 and verse 12. We saw a disclosure in John chapter 1 of the word becoming flesh. And it says in John chapter 1 and verse 12, it says, But to as many as received him, he gave the right to become the children or the sons of God to those that believe on his name. Well, let me ask you, if you had, you know, believing is an effortless response to revelation. Has that hit you? Do you have, do you believe? All right, if you believe, if you have seen the light on this, then you can say, I am a son. I am a manifesting son. That's who I am. I am taking my place in the family. I am no longer a servant, but a son. And in Galatians chapter four, verses one through seven, it talks about uh, the child. As long as he's uh, a child, he can be heir of everything, but he doesn't enjoy any possession. There's no, the inheritance is there, but he's not living in it. Now you've come through, man, you've come through so much with me over the last several years that you should be able to say, the appointed time of the Father is here. I am going to begin to declare, I am a manifested son. You say, well, I don't feel like I'm manifesting very much. I didn't ask you what you're manifesting. We're talking about position. We're talking about place. We're talking about knowing what I am. Now, the fruit, we're gonna, we'll get to that another time. I want you to begin to say, I am a manifesting son. I am a manifesting daughter. I'm not carnally minded, which is death. I am spirit minded, which is life and peace. So it's the spirit mindedness that enables us to walk as a manifesting son. You've come out of the carnal mind. You don't have the carnal mind anymore. You have a spirit mind. Therefore, you can say, I am a son of God. All right, let's look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Let's look at some of the things that, that Paul said. That's what John said in John chapter 1, verse 12. We can begin to confess, yes, that is me. I am, I am a manifesting son. Romans chapter 8 and verse 37. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So you can begin to confess, I am more than a conqueror. And that's an, important, that's an important thing to understand there. I am more than a conqueror. You're not just a conqueror. A conqueror comes through a battle. A conqueror has to come through a fight in order to prove himself to be the conqueror. But Paul said, we are more than conquerors. What does that mean? That means in any battle, we have more than enough. We have more than enough supply, enough strength, enough energy, there is more within us. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Therefore, you can say, I am a conqueror. I am more than a conqueror. Can you say that this morning? Or are you going to look at all the stuff that's gone on in your life and say, I am not a conqueror. I am not a manifesting son. I am just a wretch that was saved by grace. Well, how we used to sing that song, didn't we? Amazing grace, how sweet to sound. Saved a wretch like me. A wretch can never be a manifesting son. So you can have to make up your mind, I am not or I am. 
And whatever you put after the I am in your life, it's gonna show you where your identity is, right? I am a manifesting son. I am more than a conqueror, right? Let's look over what Peter said. First Peter chapter one and verse four. First Peter chapter one and verse four. This one's heavy. First Peter chapter one, verse four. It says, um, I'm sorry, second Peter chapter one. Uh, let's get over to second Peter. Second Peter chapter four, second Peter chapter one, verse four. Second Peter chapter one, verse four. <clears throat> he says that he has given to us exceeding great and precious promises that through these you might be a partaker of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. All right, so you can you can confess, you can say, this is part of your identity. I am a partaker of the divine nature. I am a manifesting son. I am more than a conqueror. I am a partaker of the divine nature, right? Now that, that is gonna open up dimensions, dimensions to us when you put, when you, let that can that I am get down deep. That's going to tell you that you're not just a human. See, that's what people told you, that you're just a human. We are the meeting place. Jesus was the meeting place of the, of the divinity and the humanity. The divinity of God and the humanity of man. Jesus was the meeting place. Now, let me tell you something. Because you're a partaker of the divine nature, you now have become the meeting place in this world of deity and humanity. You're not just a human. You're not just you. I, I, I know you've been drilled hard on that. You're just, just a poor old man. No, that's not you. You are, you are filled with the fullness of God. Because you are a partaker of the divine nature, You know, it just can't be a, a, a quarter of you or just one arm that's in a divine nature. When you partake of the divine nature, that means that the fullness of God begins to fill your very being. And uh, what Paul said that uh, in, in Jesus dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. What is that? Uh, is it Colossians 1.9? I believe it is. And then in, in verse 10, it says, and you're complete in him. So that just pulls the veil back. That just brings the revelation to who we are. Now, if you, if you don't believe that, then as we develop this I amness and we take a huge shift in July, you're not going to be ready for it. If you can't swallow and say, look in the mirror and say, I am a partaker of the divine nature. I am filled with the fullness of God. If you can't say that, then we're not going to be able to go to where we need to go. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30, back up to the left. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30. It says, but of him you are, are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. All right? You can say, I am righteous. I am sanctified. See, you're not trying to be sanctified. See, there's a whole, whole movement of people that I came out of, Church of the Nazarene, a holiness denomination that believes that you have to work to become uh, holy, but that that's, I, I am righteous. Already he said that in verse 30, I, I, I am the wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification. He became those things for me. So I don't have to try to become them myself. I am those. 
I am those. I am righteous. I am sanctified. I am redeemed. I, I don't lack any good spiritual thing in my life. I, I'm a branch that bears fruit because I am connected to the vine. I am a fruit-producing branch. All right, then in, in, in uh, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. So number six, you can say, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. I am shining brighter daily. That 20 watt bulb that used to be in me is up to a 100 watt bulb and pretty soon it's gonna become a spotlight. Darkness has to flee my presence. When I come into a dark situation, darkness has to go. Evil can't stand in my midst. I am, I am a minister of reconciliation. I have a, a word of reconciliation. I am a peacemaker, see? I am the light of the world and everything that goes with being the light of the world, you can say, I am. Now there's one more, number seven. You can say, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, if any man is in Christ, are you in Christ? Huh? You've always, you were placed in him. Come on now, we've studied this, Ephesians 1, 4. You were placed in Christ before the foundation of the world, right? He chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. So you're in Christ. If you're in him, crucified with him, resurrected with him, then you can say, I am a new creation. I am a new creation. Some of you need to get that fixed in your minds because you're still thinking that you're a repaired, fixed up, old creation. You're trying to put new parts onto that old man. You're trying to improve on him. Don't try to improve on you. Understand, you are something that is brand new. You are a species of being that has never existed before. Post-cross, we are a species of, of humans that never existed before. All things are new. All things old have passed away. Old things have no part of us. They're not in us, right? I am now, in the present tense, a new creation. Now think about this. Think about this. In one teaching, we have covered the seven I am's of the invisible God who proved himself in the old covenant to be more than enough. He was Jehovah Rapha. He was Jehovah Shammah. He could say, I am your need meter. I am your shepherd. I am that. And then we covered the visible God in Jesus who also said seven I am's. I am the bread of life, I am the door, I am the resurrection and the life. And finally, we brought it down to you. And this is where I really wanted to go because I think this is, you know, we see it in the Father, we see it in, in Jesus, but I think sometimes we don't understand it in us that we can declare with the same authority, the same power, the same strength, the same spiritual energy, we can proclaim I am as Jesus proclaimed I am, as the Father proclaimed I am, right? You, 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 see, this is why it's hard to, to, for us to fathom that we're filled with the fullness of God. And because we're filled with the fullness of God, then our I amness in the spirit, in the invisible, carries the same impact, the same punch as the Father and the Son. When they opened up the circle to you and they brought you in, the perichoresis, the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit, the family council, the secret place, they've now included you in. That means that you carry the same, the same strength in the spirit. They've invested in you. 
is what they carried in their time in the old, Jesus's time in the old, and now your time in the new. That's what Paul was always trying to get through to us. So I want you to begin to say this. I want you to, to no longer look at teaching on the manifestation of the sons of God as something futuristic. I want you to look at the manifestation of the sons of God as it's here now today. And I want you to begin to say, I am a manifesting son of God. I am a manifesting woman of God. I have the mind of Christ, right? Ephesians chapter two, verse six says that we have the mind of Christ. We're, we're in possession of it. Let me go over these seven that you really need to get down. First of all, we need to confess we're a manifesting son. Second of all, we need to confess that we have the mind of Christ. I'm not carnally minded anymore. I'm spirit minded. That's number two. I have the mind of Christ. That's gonna affect my thoughts. And when we get to July, you're gonna see that your thoughts are extremely important in creating the life that you live. Oh, I wanna to get to that so bad right now, but I can't. I see it so clearly. Number three, we said that we're a partaker of the divine nature. I can begin to confess that. Not only am I uh, a manifesting son, not only do I, I am possessor of the mind of Christ, I am partaker of the divine nature. I'm not a human, I'm not just a human. I don't see myself that way anymore. I see myself as the meeting place of the divine and the human. All right, num number, number five, we said that I, I am wise, I'm, I'm righteous, I'm redeemed, I'm, I'm conscious. So the, these things are coming strong. I'm more than a conqueror. We read in Romans chapter eight, verse 37. I'm not just getting by by the skin of my teeth. He was Jehovah Rapha in, in uh, uh, Jehovah Jireh in the old covenant. He was the provider. He was the one that always saw him through. Jesus was the bread of life, the good shepherd. He always saw them through. Therefore, we confess that uh, uh, I, am, I am wise. I am not just a human. I am righteous. I am sanctified. I am redeemed. And then Jesus said, number six, I am the light of the world. He said, you are the light. I have to, I have to begin to make that my I amness. I have to see that when I walk into a store, the light of God comes into that store. Jesus knew that, Paul, Peter knew that, just the shadow from Peter healed people. I need to know that when I walk into the mall, that the light of God is starting to shine in that place because I am the light of the world. There's no darkness in me. And number seven, Paul said, any man's in Christ, he's a new creation. I need to confess that I am a new creation. I'm not an old repaired one. I'm not just fixed up. I, I am totally brand new. So let's get these I am's down. Let's get these I am's down and let's believe and affirm them. Not just confess it. Let's affirm our I amness until it's a fixed conviction within us, until nobody could talk us out of it. You know, probably nobody could talk you out of the fact that that God has saved you, that you're, you know, headed for heaven. That's old school thinking, old school terminology, but you understand what I'm saying. Nobody could talk you out of that. Let's let nobody, no man, no religion talk us out of our I amness. See, as, as it takes root, as it takes hold, you're gonna understand that every breath that you breathe in is his life that we can release in I amness. And we can increasingly manifest. So I'm gonna, we're gonna look at this development of I am. We're gonna look at that real strong. And like I say, I'm just shifting right now. This is a mild shift from the 16 that we did on Unlimited. Now we're gonna shift into I am. And when we hit July, brother, we're gonna, we're gonna stride into another degree. We're gonna come into 
into the, you know, my car is an automatic, has seven, seven gears. We're gonna come into that overdrive when we get to July. So we're just laying foundation, we're putting good stuff down. So let this sink in. I covered so much today, man. I hope I didn't overwhelm you. Hope I, hope I didn't burn you out or you just clicked off and went on because man, that, that was just too much to absorb. I'm sorry, I should have done this in three parts. One with God's I am, one with Christ's I am, and one with our I am. But I just condensed it all into one because of where we're going. And not only that, but if you're part of the Digital Cathedral, you're sharp, you're smart. You're, you're what is that, Yogi Bear smarter than the average bear? You're, you're here because you're hungry and you're absorbing and you're taking in. So that's good. Hope you absorbed it all this morning. We'll talk a little bit more about it Wednesday. If you're not part of the Don Keithley Ministries page on Facebook, go over there because that's where the secret place, that place of family council, meets on Wednesday night, 7 Central. Make sure you subscribe to this channel. Make sure you comment. Uh, it's, now that it's over, go down and make a comment. And if you would like to, if this is helpful to your group or your Facebook uh, community, then please feel free to share it, all right? God bless you. We'll see you next time at the Digital Cathedral. Let me once again remind you, thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your monthly support. It really helps. It gets us where we're going, brother, and we're, we're still moving. So that's good. God's impacting the world with this life-giving message, and you're part of it, and I appreciate it. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night and again back next Sunday morning.